Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Thursday edition of the program. And of course, we always want this show to be very interactive. So send your text into 1 833 401 1440. Today on the program, we'll be talking a little bit of NFL Week 3 kicking off tonight Giants and Niners. One team has a lot of fantasy football options, the other you're probably staying away from, unless you're desperate. We'll get into that on the show. We're also going to talk some fantasy hockey with Matt Larkin. He is the managing editor and senior writer with Daily Faceoff. He's on Twitter at MLarkinHockey. We'll talk to Matt uh, in about 25 minutes' time here. Get his thoughts on uh, maybe some guys you should be looking at here once the fantasy season gets going. Of course, any questions, make sure you send them in to one 401 You can also check us out on the old email, connor at sports1440.ca. Brandon Douglas, he's at brandon at sports1440.ca. Also on Twitter, man, we're everywhere. At sports1440, at Fantasy Frenzy AM, at Connor Halley, at B underscore A underscore D 1727. Make sure you give us all a follow. Maybe we can get Brandon up to... What's what's the next round number you need to get to, Brandon? Great question, Connor. Let me uh, let me give you a live <laughs> update on that here. Uh, great radio. We um, we want to jump it up to an even number. Uh, creeping up on uh, six hundred, only a, a few away from there. So that okay. seems very reasonable. That seems attainable. So B underscore A underscore D seventeen twenty seven. Let's see if we can get Brand up to 600 today. I put out uh, my picks every NFL Sunday oh, on the uh, for the board. Went 500 last Sunday, so that's pretty good. <laughs> so if you do them all single, you then can you make can some money. That's right. Parlay, well, parlays You're are dangerous. Slightly behind. Slightly. <laughs> it depends on what. Yeah, you, you know you will. Depends on what you wager, but you're just slightly behind. Uh, lots to get to. Just should mention very quickly. You're going to be down at the Canadian Brew House tonight. You're heading to the Fort Sask location. You're. Not quite old stomping grounds, but close. Yeah, it's a home, it's a home game for me tonight. My current uh, municipality of residence, Fort Saskatchewan. I know we got some uh, dedicated listeners out there. I, I encourage you to swing by, say hello. Uh, probably be a few cold beverages in it for you, courtesy of yours truly. So <laughs> I will um, have a few of my own friends there that uh, that live in town, and I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be a great night, and we'll see if Struddy's Giants can uh, keep this game at least watchable and close. Struddy's Giants versus Hernan Salas of the Elks Niners. Oh, Hernan's a Niners fan. I didn't big know that. Big time. Big time Niners fan with Hernan Salas. He's, I mean, he's he's seen some great years. He's seen some tough years, as has Struddy. So it'll be an interesting one. Uh, like I said, get your questions into us. 1-833-401-1440. Uh, we can head down to the brew house tonight with Brandon. They're going to be qualifying one lucky person to take a trip down to Sin City. Head to the desert in early February for the Super Bowl. That'd be a blast. I wonder. I looked into it. I mean, this is stupid now, but I like last at the end of the Super Bowl last year. I just looked into flights and hotels just to go in for Vegas, and you know, not expecting my team to be there. But it was it was pretty affordable, and I should have made the made the trip and, and booked it all up. I did not, and now I can only imagine you're not going down there unless you win your way in. So, brew house. That's the way to do it. That's the only way to do it, I think, in terms of winning your way in, at least that I know of. So yeah, come on down. Looking forward to seeing everyone. Uh, we'll just do, we'll jump right into the uh, t- old text box here right now. This comes in from Matt. Hey boys, Jerome Ford or Terry McLaurin? 
Jerome Ford, I mean, he's he's the one that's kind of hot right now. Everybody's asking about him. That was like, I feel like where we spent the majority of our, our conversation the last couple of days after the injury to Nick Chubb. I, I'm a fan of his. I thought he looked pretty good on Monday night football, you know, in relief duty. I know that the Browns have signed Kareem Hunt and he's obviously, he's a very good player. He's going to take some reps away, but I don't think it's going to be immediately. So I, I still think Ford's the way to go. Scary Terry, you're going up against that Bills defense at home. And how I think Sam Howell's proved he can make some throws. He had a very nice touchdown last week, but I think the Bills secondary is a little bit, eh, a little bit better. That was against the Broncos though, but they have Sertan and Simmons. That's a good secondary too. I think I, I like I've said I've said this before. I, I'm old school. It's going to take a while to change my mind. If it's not a PPR league, I always go running back. So I go forward. Yeah, in PPR, uh, I think I would lean towards McLaurin. And mm-hmm. like, I, I picked up Jerome Ford this week. Well, well documented, you know, spending all my fab money basically in the process of getting him and Kareem Hunt um, on the waiver wire. But that, that matchup with the Titans isn't a super ideal one either. But we've seen that Deshaun Watson is not looking like the Deshaun Watson of old. So I think the Browns are just going to stay committed to a run game. Jerome Ford should get the ball a lot. So I would say in PPR, McLaurin, uh, non-PPR Brown or Ford, pardon me, would be um, would be my personal choice in the matter. Imitation Tom says someone spent 132 fab on Ford in my league. So none of my leagues do that. It's basically just waiver wire. Like if you're in the last place team, you'll you'll have first dibs on the waiver wire. What is the typical amount given when it comes to fab? So in, in the leagues, I'm in it varies. So in my uh, super flex league where I had Nick Chubb and have made three pickups this week, including Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb, uh, you get two hundred you know, quote unquote dollars for the season. Um, but in my other, in my dynasty league, you get $200 that refreshes every second season. So you kind of are working on two year windows with your, uh, with your budgeting on your fab dollars. So is everybody varies. Sometimes it's uh, I see uh, imitation. Tom says two fifty. Okay. Uh, I've seen a hundred is a very standard one, 200. You know, it, it's going to vary. Very, I don't know if there's a standard answer. Yeah, I mean, let us know. Uh, the text line, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. It's Fantasy Frenzy. How many fab free agent bucks? Uh, well, free agent bid, dollars, bid. So fab dollars. So when people say fab dollars, it works. Yeah. I it's like not free, free agent, agent bucks dollars. I like free agent bucks because then if people said dollars, it wouldn't make sense. No, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm I'm learning from all you guys. I love it. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Cat Dad says MGM properties are under cyber attack right now, so it's really hard to book a room in Vegas. Oh, I heard about that. Not uh, not ideal. Connor, it's Liam from After Dark. Oh, the goat. Liam. Question, how long should I of a leash should I give Trevor Lawrence? So I made a move last night on my bench. I tinker. I tinker leading up to the games, and I put Trevor Lawrence in this week over Joe Burrow. So I don't know if it's crazy or not, Joe Burrow. He's on Monday night. They're going to wear the all-white uniforms. They're going to be looking good. But... I, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a bounce back game and they show and they like to throw the ball. Trevor Lawrence in his game on Sunday, although the numbers weren't there, there was three touchdowns, four that should have been caught. So he, he should have had some better numbers than he had in week two. Two of those were on the same drive. So obviously he's not going to double up there. I, I think you got to give Trevor Lawrence a bit of a leash here. I, I think he's got major upside. I think he earned a leash in the back half of last season, and uh, and matchup wise, this seems like a, a no brainer, especially in that situation you just gave. Who Burrow are they over. playing? Oh, the 
the well-known <laughs> defensively stout Houston Texans who uh, actually are going to be without another player. Derek Stingley Jr. Um, looking like he's not going to play this weekend as well. Just another blow to it. So matchup-wise, I think Trevor Lawrence should get a ton of leash heading into this weekend. I think he's a must-start quarterback if you've got him because um, the Texans stink. Jags love to throw the ball. And, uh, and he's got the weapons to make it count. Like I said, should have had some more catches and TDs last week, just as a matter of circumstance, uh, getting the toes in. But, yeah, I, I like Lawrence's weekend a lot. Uh, Pillman says, Burrow, or I can get Daniel Jones off waivers. I don't mind Daniel Jones, but I, look, I wouldn't start him this week against the Niners. That's a tough matchup. Also, no Saquon Barkley. That that takes a big, a big play, or like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Portion of plays out of the playbook, just things that Saquon can do, not only as a you know a running back, but as a receiver. And like I said, I think Joe Burrow is going to bounce back. For me in my league where I have Burrow and Lawrence, I'm going Lawrence because, like you said, the matchup, Stingley, stud corner, not going to be playing. But, uh, I mean, we got to go. We got to ride it with Joe Burrow, right? He's not. He, we can't be. We can't be benching him. No. In every league. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sit him down everywhere. You talk about <laughs> leash and how long of a leash you should get players. Joe Burrow has definitely earned himself a bit of a longer leash than I think a lot of people are giving him giving him right now. And again, versus Daniel Jones, the other option. Yeah, you said it all, Connor. It's matchup, circumstance, injuries, etc. The Giants are probably going to be trailing all night tonight. Yeah. Um, and he just doesn't have good wide receivers, quite frankly. And he's not a particularly good thrower of the ball to begin with. So, yeah, I think Joe Burrow is uh, is the is the move there. We're, we're not on the Jalen Hyatt bandwagon, although I was to start the year. K-Mac asking us at the text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. would you trade Juju and Kareem Hunt for Tyler Boyd and Latavius Murray? It's PPR. I'd receive Boyd and Murray. Uh, I don't love Juju. Smith-Schuster with Mac Jones. And that offense, Kareem Hunt, I mean, I think he's weeks away. Tyler Boyd is option three. And Latavius Murray, I know he's a touchdown thief, jumps in there and, you know, two two days with the team and all of a sudden he's scoring touchdowns. I mean, th- this trade doesn't really get me going. It's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tra- trading mediocrity. And, and, like, Kareem Hunt could go off. He could be a big-time player at some point. So I'm saying I don't make that move. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is the the kind of X factor in this trade yeah. because he is still an unknown and how much of a role he's going to have. Is he going to be end up splitting duties with Ford, just spelling him off when necessary? Uh, and for the, it, like we, we've said it all week, for a week or two here, don't expect to see much from Kareem Hunt, I wouldn't think. Um, that can change in a moment's notice, of course, if, say, uh, Jerome Ford has to leave the game with an injury or something. Could but, happen. Um, yeah, Hunt is such a wild card in this that everything else is just so bleh and meh. <laughs> um, I don't know. He said it. I think it's uh, it's worth it for the person acquiring Hunt. Uh, our texter K-Max says he's on the other side of this. I, I think you hold on to Hunt and at least maybe see because it's not like you're you're throwing something away where you're giving up a great option. Boyd and Murray, they, they don't really move the needle for me. No, I mean, that's uh, like a, a third string receiver on an offense that, you know, they, they move the ball around. He's a great player. Fantasy wise, I don't think he's someone you want to count on too heavily. And like I said, Latavius Murray, hey, if you're doing like any time touchdown bet, he's safe because he might score, but he also might not. And he might not be with the team for very long. You never really know. Uh, imitation Tom says you can also trade Fab. 
Yes, that's, that's in, my, fine. in my dynasty league. We can do that as well. So it's like, based, like if you're trading draft picks and fab dollars uh, away, it's it, it, the dynasty format gives you a little more flexibility and things like that, um, as opposed to in either even keeper leagues or standard leagues, where when you trade draft picks, there have to be the same number number of picks going in and out. That's not the case in our dynasty league. We only draft three rookies each every year. Um, I have several guys that trade away all their draft picks every year uh, to try and load up. And then, I mean, hey, they don't come to our annual uh, day of golf and then draft afterwards, pizza yeah. party, a uh, couple cold beers. But that's their prerogative. They don't have to. So, uh, yeah, trading fab dollars, another cool element that you can uh, include in your league. I like that. I like that. It's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you, presented by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. Man, we got a lot of texts coming in here right now. Uh, Pillman gives one more week for Joe Burrow. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it was around this time last year when Joe Burrow started to pick it up. So I don't know if he's just going to be a perpetual slow starter, but we will find out. Lindsay says here, is it worth it to start Madison at... Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay, come on. Is it worth it to start Madison, Addison, and Hawkinson against the Chargers? Don't like the idea of starting three players from one team, but the matchup seems great. Brandon, you go ahead with this one. uh, I said this with... Kevin, right before we came on at 11 here. Um, I'm taking the over in this Chargers-Vikings game all day long. Uh, neither of these teams look ever seem too interested in playing defense, especially against the pass. Starting all three, I'm just not sold on uh, Alex Madison right now. I came into the season high on him, but we just haven't seen an effective run game. That's why the Vikings have went out and gotten Cam Akers. Um, I don't think Akers is going to be a factor this week. He might see some touches because he actually has been practicing. Uh, It's not the same situation as Kareem Hunt. But Addison, yes. Hawkinson, yes. Uh, TJ Hawkinson looking like he could very well threaten to be, um, you know, probably behind Travis Kelsey, who's a definitive number one. Hawkinson probably going to be one of the best tight ends in fantasy this year. Yeah, what I'll say is Madison doesn't look that good, and I don't believe the Chargers have been torched too bad on the ground this year. Like, maybe someone can throw the stats my way, but it doesn't feel like they have. Now, on the flip side, they have been torched through the air, and, you know, it it seems like if I'm the defensive coordinator for the Chargers, I would be saying, Derwin James, we need you to look after Justin Jefferson over the top. That opens up Hawkinson, and that opens up Addison. So I would I would start those two for sure. And we know that the Vikings love to throw the ball. So I don't know if I go with Madison. If you have to, go Madison. But Addison and Hawkinson, definitely, definitely I want to go with those ones against that Chargers defense. Lindsey rattled me there. For those who don't know, I am a Chargers fan. Um, we got a bunch coming in here from Slurpee Sean. Would you guys hold on to... Jackson Smith Najigba with him being number three in Seattle. We only have four bench spots. Other receivers are Ridley, St. Brown, and Drake London. I mean, I guess we have to go look at your bye weeks and make sure you're you're covered for those ones. Like I don't I don't know if you need to hold on to him. I if it's a like a dynasty league or a keeper, I, I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he was wide receiver one off the board in this draft last year. But would people pick him up? Like, if you released him, is someone going to say, oh, I need that guy on my team? He's a wide receiver three out in Seattle. I don't know. I, I would do it, but if there's someone on the board because he follows up by saying, I want Roshan before he blows up. Roshan Johnson, Chicago Bears running back, um, backed up Bijan down in Texas mm-hmm. in college. I think I think Roshan has a big, bright future. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like that idea. Go get that guy because he might blow up. And I don't think Jackson's been the jig by this year is going to 
go crazy. The only hesitancy I would have with this move, because everything you said is 100% true, but DK Metcalf, questionable as of right now to play this weekend. Mm. Uh, that might give Njigba some more licks, looks, at least for this weekend. Like, And I know you said you want to grab Roshan. Uh, waiting until next week's waiver wire might take that option away. There might be more people in on him. Um, but the, the Bears, they don't look like they're doing anything crazy to inspire people to all of a sudden be chasing down their players on the waiver wire. So... It's risky if, you, if you're really keen on getting Roshan before uh, more interest is drawn to him. But holding on to Njigba, at least into this weekend, he might be a, a decent option for depth because of the fact DK Metcalf uh, might not play. And if he does, probably not at 100%. One here, no name. I'm starting Marvin Mims this week. God help me. <laughs> hey, who knows? Who knows? He, he looks like a big play receiver. I think he's from Oklahoma, right? Drafted out of Oklahoma, the powerhouse there, Boomer Sooner. I I don't mind that. You never know who's going to go off. I think we had a text in the first week of the show that it wasn't this person because we can see the text history, <laughs> but uh, somebody said Marvin Mims was going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Hey, he's had a good start. Dream big. I mean, I, I don't know if he'll beat a quarterback or Bijan. Bijan's got to find the end zone, but man, he looks dynamic out there with the Falcons. Uh, tomato soups is I was able to grab Puka Nakua this week. What a great flex player. Side note, I made 202 points last week. Beautiful. Always impressive to crack the 200 mark. That's, that's Coo- a big- Shout out tomato soup. Kudos to you. That's a big one. Uh, Trucker Joe asking us in a league with two starting quarterbacks, I have Howell Mayfield. Stafford and Jones from New England, which two should I play? So Mac Jones, Sam Howell, Baker Mayfield, and Matthew Stafford. Well, we'd have to get into the matchups here for this one. Um, Howell, like we said. Versus the Bills. Versus the Bills. That could be a tough one. They're at home. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. With his receivers, that's almost like one where I'm like, he he could make some big plays. I, I love Mike Evans. Chris Godwin's great. Tough Eagles D, uh, <laughs> who the Bucks are going up against. Rams versus the Bengals on Monday night. Um, at, at, this is kind of a nice thing. The fact that you have both Stafford and uh, Mayfield, you can, in theory, wait till Monday to make a decision yeah. on between those two anyway. Um, if you make a choice between, say, uh, Jones and Howell and then leave the other two as a, as a flip-flop option heading into Monday night, give yourself as much time to get information, you know, last-minute injuries, tweaks, things like that. The, when you're dealing with names like this where none of them really pop off the page at you, even the smallest things can make a difference, I think, right? So it, getting as much information as possible as close to actual uh, kickoff as possible, I think that'll be a factor here for for Trucker Joe. Uh, we text here, Engram or Waller? No name on that one, but uh, Ingram and the Jags, as we mentioned, going up against the Texans. Waller and the Giants up against the Niners tonight. I think I lean Evan Ingram, although one could argue that Waller is the best offensive weapon that Daniel Jones has right now, and maybe you force feed him a little bit. So after after talking it out, I'm going Waller. What do you think, Brandon? Concur. <laughs> yeah. For, for exactly what you said, he's the only real option Daniel Jones has, uh, and a reliable one, traditionally, too. Uh, I know this is his first year in the um, in the scheme and stuff, but he, he's a reliable player and one that has big uh, big play potential, too, after the catch and whatnot. So I, I like Waller there. The, the Jags, yeah, like we said, good matchup, but so many options down there. It's a little riskier, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Waller, like when he's healthy, the guy is a legit threat. Uh, the, uh, Curtis was one of the texters who came in earlier. We've added you to our system. He was asking about Burrow 
Oh, wait, this might be a new one. Burrow Monday night, or do I start Purdy tonight or Love on Sunday? Purdy could be good. Love could be good. You you got pretty good options here, to be totally honest with you. Uh, the Green Bay Packers this week taking on New Orleans in Lambeau. Maybe still, uh, Saints defense is a little stingy. I think I'm going to go Purdy. I'm just trying to find this text so I can actually have the information in front of me. Read it off to me one more time, Connor. So <laughs> game in at 11-10. We are like 10 minutes behind on the text because the, the inbox is absolutely blowing up. Is Burrow, uh, is Burrow going to play Monday night or do I have to start Purdy or Love on Sunday? So gotcha. well, Burrow's going to play. If he doesn't play, don't hold me accountable, but he's going to play. He's not going <laughs> to yeah. let this little injury hold him back. The guy's a gamer. He's going to play Monday. So if that's what you're asking, then I guess you're going with Joe Burrow. But I don't mind the matchup for uh, Brock Purdy tonight as well. Yeah, the, the Purdy situation throws a wrench in because of the Thursday night factor. Jordan Love has has converted me. I Through two weeks, I am now a Jordan Love believer. I came into the year with a lot of doubts, uh, much like Jalen Hurts did to me last year. He's quickly turned the um, the conversation back on onto my side of things where like I have to like join or die type thing, and I think I believe in Jordan Love. So I, I would not go with Purdy tonight. Hold, diamond hands, hold and wait. And then uh, before Sunday, you, if there's more clarification on the Burrow situation, you can make the decision then. But I, I agree with you, Connor. I think Burrow will play. K-Mac says, would you accept Mike Evans and Drake London for Jamar Chase? Um, That's a good one. I mean, if there if there is only one receiver spot, like do you have Mike Evans and Drake London both starting on your team? If, if not, then yeah, I make the trade because Jamar Chase is an upgrade over both of those guys, in my humble opinion, once he gets going. Obviously, Mike Evans is at a great start. Drake London had the touchdown last week, but that Falcons offense, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So if you don't have them both starting, then I would definitely make that trade. I guess it kind of depends on your depth, but yeah, certainly you'd be getting the best player. So I think I think that's when you consider making. Uh, Lance comes in here. Go Raiders. <laughs> no, I'm going to counteract that. Don't go Raiders. Uh, final question before we get to break here. What tight end to start? Laporta, Cole Komet, or Ferguson? Brandon, what do you think there? Laporta, Cole Komet, or Jordan Ferguson down in Dallas? Sam Laporta has impressed me a lot so far. Um, and Cole Komet, I was pretty high on coming in because I was high on the Bears' offense as a whole. But you'll say this for the 100th time already today the Bears look like they suck again. Um, I think I like Laporta here. Um, for the Cowboys, yeah, they haven't looked like they've relied on Ferguson quite as much as maybe they had Dalton Schultz in the past, but they do still like their tight ends in that scheme. Um, but I'll say Laporta. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like the way the Lions have kind of incorporated him into the offense. Okay, uh, we got to get to break here. When we come back, we're going to talk some fantasy hockey because we've got a lot of questions about that coming in as well. Matt Larkin, managing editor and senior writer with Daily Faceoff, will join us. Uh, coming up in the third segment today, we will get back into the inbox. We've got DK, I see St. Albert, Kevin, Invitation Tom, Tomato Soup, Manning Crocs, Moonwatcher, Chomskers, lots of people to get to, lots of questions. We'll try to get all those in in the third and final segment of the show today. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. 11-29, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440 presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you today. 
If you want to get in on the conversation, you've got any questions for us, we will do our best to answer. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. Uh, we're going to try to connect here with Matt Larkin of Daily Faceoff in a couple minutes. Uh, but very quickly, as we try that, uh, check the uh, the inbox. Sean from The Ranch says, I have a good fantasy team, but very weak in the flex spot. Do I start Tyler Boyd or Jarek McKinnon this week? From Sean. Sean, thank you for the question. I think I think I lean towards Jarek McKinnon. I think he's got to get on the board. We saw that that connection that he and Patrick Mahomes had last year. They got to find that again. That could be the key to the offense, and especially with Travis Kelsey back in the red zone, he's going to be taking those double coverages. And if McKinnon's out there in those crucial situations, look for him as a receiving option. So I think I go to uh, Jarek McKinnon for that one. Thank you for the text, Sean. Uh, right now, we're going to get to our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the Canadian Brew House for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football. It's your chance to win an awesome game day prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brandon will be at the Fort Sask location tonight if you want to go join him. Uh, he will buy you the drink of your choice. Maybe a dangle? Maybe two? Maybe a Ninja Turtle dangle, Brandon? I think those are pretty good options. Great options. Love the dangles. <laughs> uh, we bring in now from Daily Faceoff, the managing editor and a senior writer, Matt Larkin. You give him a follow on Twitter at MLarkinHockey. Matt, thanks so much for doing this today. How are things going? Things are good. It's a pleasure to come on, guys. And I, I, I was eavesdropping. I heard you mention Jarek McKinnon. And I thought, wait. No. We may have lost Matt there. Matt, are you still there? We, we might have just cut out. Oh, can you hear me now? We got you now. Okay, you, you cut out right before you said Jarek McKinnon. That's where it happened. That's right. I just said I was eavesdropping, and I was wondering who's the, the handcuff to pick up if Isaiah Pacheco can't play. So I was kind of uh, eavesdropping on the conversation there, fellas. I like Jarek McKinnon. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes trusts him as a, as a veteran back in those situations. If he has to kind of make that read coming out of the backfield, I think I think he's a good pickup. It could be sneaky good, so... I mean, as we say here, don't hold us accountable if it fails and he does nothing, but uh, that's where we go. I want to ask you something. The Edmonton Oilers, and we'll, we'll get into fantasy questions quickly here. We got a bunch coming into our inbox at one 401 But the team did something a little bit different, hiring a analytics analyst in Michael Parcati. Uh, he's got a great history uh, with the people in our building. He used to hop on the show with Low Tide all the time. Uh, w- when you think of the analytics and and in the game of hockey, just how crucial do you think they are now to a team's success? I think they're very important. And I I especially think they're important if they're used in conjunction with everything. Right. So thankfully we're moving away from where we were maybe 10 years ago when it was sort of an us or them battle. It was the eye test versus the analytics. And I think teams now are realizing it doesn't have to be one or the other. And that's why you're seeing so many franchises having that analytics department and they can identify things with, with data that the eye test might not necessarily see. At the same time, traditional scouting can help you identify maybe things that work better in the playoffs when you're allowed to get away with a lot more physically. You could win more battles. So I think putting it all together is the most complete way to evaluate your talent on your team. So I'm not surprised to see more and more teams taking the plunge. Now, speaking strictly fantasy here, uh, we'll go very generic here because people have been asking these questions. They're always looking for those elite sleepers and guys that could be on the verge of a breakout season. Uh, When you think of potential sleepers or guys who could surprise this year, uh, who comes to mind for you? Well, it's funny you mentioned it because I actually did recently on Daily Faceoff publish a list of my favorite sleepers. So you're giving me a chance for a free plug here, guys. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, You know, there are different degrees of sleeper. To me, a sleeper is anyone you believe 
is going way too late and you can get an advantage turn a profit because based on where the ADP, the average draft position is, there's a chance to turn a profit there. So a more obvious one to me would be Bowen Byron with the Colorado Avalanche, only 22 years old, has that truly elite prospect pedigree. Last two seasons combined, 15 goals in 72 games. I think if he can get through a full healthy season, he can have a monster breakout. So that would be an example of more of an obvious one. If we're looking a little deeper, I'm looking at guys like uh, Joel Hofer of the St. Louis Blues. So to me, Jordan Bennington, if you look at his career trajectory, he's just getting worse literally every single season since he debuted. A worse save percentage. We know he's prone to these really long slumps, these tirades, these tantrums. I think the door is open for his starting job to get stolen. It's happened before. Billy Huso did it two years ago. I think it can happen again with Joel Hofer, who looked good in the AHL last year, even outplayed Bennington in a small sample size in the NHL. So those are just a couple. I have more. If you want me to rhyme off a few more, I can, but that's just a, a, a little appetizer for you. Okay, well, hey, how about this? Where can people find the list? You can find it daily face-off. Just Google Matt Larkin's <laughs> top 10 fantasy hockey sleeper picks for 2023-24. That should find it for you. We'll, we'll give them a taste, and people can go do a little more research on their own, get those clicks up uh, if they want. Uh, Brandon, you got some questions here. Yeah, Matt, I've had a lot of people reach out to me over the past week as we've kind of started to lean into the fantasy hockey talk a little bit more. And some people that are just getting into it, maybe trying to decide what kind of league they want to set up. And and so I wanted to ask you both in your personal and professional opinion, like, do you prefer the head to head points set up of fantasy hockey or categories? And what do you think maybe is better for people just starting out? Great question. Um, in terms of starting out, I think the simpler the better because you don't want to overcomplicate things. If you're a novice, you don't want people to lose interest too quickly. So I think if you're looking for an entry-level pool, something that's just points-based, probably roto, no head-to-head, is the simplest way to do it. And if you find you enjoy that, then you move on to a different format. And for me, in terms of what I like to play myself, I can't stand roto. I think it's so boring. I think often the winner is determined far too early or the losers, the teams that are way out of it, they give up far too early. There's nothing to play for. Whereas I love playing head-to-head category leagues because with categories, there are different ways you can build your team in terms of where your strengths are. And what I like most about categories is you have the opportunity to really see big changes in the standings every single week. Depending on how balanced your team is, you could win a match, you know, 10-1, and that's, that's nine games over 500 in the standings in a single week. You can see big comebacks in the standings, big tumbles in the standings. And in my, in my experience, that leads to far more engagement because every team can stay alive a lot longer. Uh, and just the excitement of of not knowing exactly what's going to happen in terms of your match, your opponent every week. I think it keeps people a lot more interested. Yes, it does introduce a little bit of a luck factor, but hey, that's sports. There is a luck factor in sports. So to me, it actually is kind of art imitating life, if you will. I, I'm with you 100%. I love the head-to-head category format. And I wanted to ask you, have you ever actually got uh, buried, say, on a Sunday night because you end up losing by like one shot block or one shot on goal or something like that? Oh, yeah, it's happened to all of us. For me, some of my worst ones in fantasy football, actually. I remember it was the the 500-yard Ben Roethlisberger game on a Sunday night, and my opponent had Le'Veon Bell as well. He had both of them. He got 70 points in one night. In hockey, I've more commonly, for whatever reason, been on the the winning end, and I was in a a matchup. I was the eighth seed against the top team in the league. I needed one shot in overtime in the final game on Sunday night, one shot on goal. Cam Atkinson, my boy, he did it for me, and I do get those bad beats, and they're very uh, memorable. 
We're talking fantasy hockey with Matt Larkin, managing editor and senior writer with Daily Faceoff. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at MLarkinHockey. Uh, this one came in on our text line from KMAC. Uh, wants your opinion. Uh, zero goalie draft strategy for the upcoming season. So uh, I guess zero goalies in the league. What would be the strategy for you heading into it? I think we are in an absolute glory era for zero goalie. We saw it last year. You look at the two goaltenders in the Stanley Cup final. Neither of those guys was even the starter on his own team at the start of the playoffs. That shows how fickle the position is. Yes, there are a few studs that you can trust, your Ilya Sorokins, your Andre Vasilevskis, but even those goaltenders compared to what they would have been worth 10, 20 years ago, it's not as much of a separation from the pack because the elite goaltenders don't play as much the position just changes so much. Injuries are way more common in the position as well just because the the nature of the game, it's way more taxing, a lot more east-west movement. Right? So you see a lot more platoons. It really devalues the goaltender position. So I am a big proponent of waiting. That said, I don't necessarily mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think it means not taking a goalie into your final two picks. You still want to be smart about it. I think you search for a cutoff point, and with your first goaltender, you at least want someone that you can trust for a solid amount of volume. So, for example, let's say you're going zero goalie. Maybe you at least target someone like a Eunice Corpusalo or a Cam Talbot. They are both being, they brought, being brought in to be starters on new teams, and based on that fact, you can expect them to get a good run in the number one job, something like that. So I think, yes, you can really kind of avoid reaching on the studs early, but still be smart about it. Make sure you're getting volume if you're waiting. Matt, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate you coming on. Oh, my pleasure, guys. There you go. That is Matt Larkin of Daily Faceoff at M. Larkin Hockey. And uh, like we said, just go to Google. Just search Daily Faceoff, and the articles will pop up. We don't want him giving away all the secrets, right? We gotta, we gotta get the clicks for Daily Faceoff. Oh uh, yeah, Matt. Matt has been writing for a long time, going back to his days with the hockey news and things too. He he's a guy I've loved reading, going back a lot of years. So uh, he he knows what he's talking about, whether it be just puck in general, but especially about this fantasy stuff these days on the daily faceoff. Um, a great guy to follow on Twitter and a great guy to make sure you got notifications on for when he's posting new articles. 100%. Uh, you're listening to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, presented by Wheelhawk Beef Jerky. Matt brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Sending you to the Super Bowl. You can join Brandon Fort Sask tonight. How, do they have a rooftop patio at that location? Not that I've ever been on. No? Maybe it's a secret one, a VIP rooftop patio for local legends uh, <laughs> like <laughs> that I have not yet vaulted myself into the conversation of. But, uh, you know, maybe someday. Man, the uh, Lewis Estates patio is amazing. The Windermere patio, amazing. Ice House. Have you been downtown to the Ice House? I've, I have not yet been in because since it opened, the only times I was down in that vicinity, it was just bumping yeah. all the time. So I was like, I'm not even going to try and get myself a table. No chance. Everybody's there to take in the uh, the Oilers playoff games and whatnot. And I'm sure it's been like that uh, all football season so far too. We were there after an Elks game in the summer and it was just beautiful. Like sitting on the patio in Edmonton, you can sit out there till you know, midnight, still just great temperature, stays light out till 11. Uh, cannot beat it. So if you want to go to the brew house, hang out with Brandon tonight. He'll be at the Fort Sask location. Correct. There's there's so many locations. I had to really put that one together. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to more of your texts at one 401 We have so many to get to. We'll try to get through them all. If not, we'll get to them tomorrow on this show. Uh, it is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wheelhawk Beef Jerky on Sports 1440. 
Welcome back to the frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. This show presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Locations in Leducs, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Wilhawkbeefjerky.com. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. Uh, great, great song selection there with Sicko Mode, Brandon. We're going to go with Sicko Mode right now and try to get through all the text messages we have in right now. So if you send us a question and you're hoping for like a long-spirited debate, it's going to be quick answers. Travis says, hey guys, Flexbot had a few injuries this year. Pickens, Breda, or Mooney, non-PPR. I'm saying George Pickens because I like that he's great after the catch. Travis, Brandon, what do you think? Pickens, Breda, or Mooney, non-PPR. Pickens, Breda, or Mooney. George Pickens. I like him. I like, hey, we're in this one he's together. A, he's a psychopath <laughs> he's, and, and a good athlete. He is a sicko. Uh, Waller should be healthy this week. He's full in practice. There you go. Okay, Richardson or Love this weekend. For me, you got to watch the health concerns with Richardson. How's the head? I uh, wish to check his injury report. We'll get to the full injury report tomorrow on the program, but uh, I, I go Love. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, Colts uh, up against the Ravens. Tough D, even if uh, Richardson does play. I like the uh, matchup for Jordan Love at home versus the Saints alternately. So I will also go Jordan Love. No name here. Oh, sorry. Tomato soup. I have Mahomes and Cousins as my quarterbacks. Cousins has been on the bench the whole year. Besides a bye week for Mahomes. Do you ever start Cousins over Mahomes? Maybe this week. Cousins gets the Chargers. I'd consider it. Who does Kansas City have this week if we dig up week three here? Can never find it when you need it. I still can't find it. What are you looking for? Sorry. Uh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are against the Bears. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be enticing. I I don't think it's on my list here. Okay. Well, I'm. St- I honestly, I think Kirk Cousins is going to go off. I mean, this could be just like worst case scenario in my head for the Chargers, but uh, they like to throw the ball. Good weather. Loaded offense. I think there is going to be opportunities if the Chiefs play a uh, tough defense where you might want to go with Kirk Cousins. It, it would be a rare situational matchup uh, for Cousins to get played over Mahomes, even though that I think Kirk Cousins is a great fantasy quarterback and the stats are there to back it up. He he is very good. He I think he might have been one of the highest performing quarterbacks last week, even what what was a devastating loss for the for the Vikings. So, uh, yeah, I would um, I would opt for Mahomes barring some major, major circumstance. And uh, this one coming from St. Albert. Kevin, who to start if Brandon Ayuk is injured and Purdy or Mayfield start? He's got uh, the pictures of his full roster here, uh, some good options for him. I won't dive into those because we are trying to go a little more <laughs> rapid fire. But uh, the Purdy or Mayfield situation, I'm still... <sighs> I talked about a couple guys that have sold me, Jordan Love being one of them. I, I flipped the script, and I'm a believer in him. I'm now a believer in Brock Purdy, not as much as a fantasy quarterback, but I'm still not sold on Baker Mayfield despite what he's shown, his weapons. I will go Brock Purdy in this situation. And that's, once again, a tough one because they play tonight. But Yeah, I mean, you know what? For Brock Purdy, like he might not throw four touchdowns and 350 passing yards, but it could be two touchdowns and 220, which might not win you a, a week, but it's... It Won't shouldn't lose, lose you, you the week, right? So he's, he's a game manager in fantasy football. Max says, I have C.D. Lamb and a chase owner willing to do one for one. What should I do? My other receivers are Adams, Ridley, and Brandon Ayuk. So would you do C.D. Lamb for chase, one for one? If I was the one receiving Jamar Chase, yes. I, I think he's a higher ceiling than C.D. Lamb, has a better quarterback, throwing him the ball on a consistent basis. Dak Prescott, uh, you know... <laughs> 
Mr. Interception, as he uh, came to be known last season. Off to a much better start, but I don't trust him 100% yet. I think Lamb is a, a better option for you. Yeah, if I had C.D. Lamb and a Jamar Chase owner said, well, let's do it one for one, I think I'm doing it uh, for the upside. Uh, C.D. Lamb hasn't found the end zone yet, but uh, he will. Uh, we've got one just a comment. Manning Crocs says, Laporta will be tight end one by week six. Could definitely see that one coming. You should pick a start of the week per position for Daily Fantasy Sports. Hey, Moonwatcher, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll get into that one uh, for that. Uh, Chomskers says, Tua or Burrow? What do you think? For this week, I'm uh, Tua. Has, uh, he's another guy who I, I still had question marks about, and the health is always going to be a concern after what we saw last year. But the Joe Burrow, like we said, he's probably going to play, but not at 100%, still kind of getting things going with that offense. I think I like Tua this week. Who do the Dolphins play? Um, the Broncos. Broncos D is good. Yeah. That, that's, that, that is concerning. But the, the, the F- Dolphins have looked borderline unstoppable through a couple weeks. So I'll, uh, I'll opt for Tua at least for one more week. In Miami, can the Dolphins handle the the you know, or can the Broncos handle the heat? It's going to be a hot one, yeah. and it's always an advantage these September games in Miami. Uh, how about this one? I've been offered Matthew Stafford and Terry McLaurin for Justin Herbert, two starting QBs in my league. My other QB is Lamar Jackson. Is the Herbert hype real? Brandon, you answer this one because I'm biased. I have been a believer in Justin Herbert coming out of Oregon every year since. It seems like. Even when people are down on the Chargers, he's still mostly playing well. I, I just I have yet to find a time where I can blame Justin Herbert for the Chargers issues. I I am I'm basically might as well be Connor Halley in this situation, how much I believe in this guy. So I don't know if either of us are in a very, an unbiased position to answer this question. I love Justin Herbert. I'm a little fearful he's becoming a little bit of a checkdown king. He he has the arm. We've seen him go deep. Uh, the, the the problem is though, like they haven't thrown deep down the middle of the field. They haven't used Quentin Johnson in a fashion that I thought they would. Uh, Mike Williams, they seem to think it's better to get the ball in his hands behind the line of scrimmage rather than forty yards downfield where he can go up and make a play. The offense has been a little bit frustrating. The numbers have been good for Herbert. I I think you know you have to consider because Matthew Stafford has put up pretty you know pretty decent fantasy numbers this year, and Terry McLaren's a nice piece. I think it's kind of you're good either way. You'll, you'll have a good quarterback option. If you're weak at the receiver position, maybe you make that move, but I would see no problem keeping Justin Herbert, and I think the offense is only going to get better. It's only week two, or two games down, sorry, with the new offensive coordinator, so I expect it to get a little bit more aggressive. Uh, Brandon, you see any popping out here that you want to get to? Uh, this one just came from Yeg Buds here as we uh, try and pump through as many of these before we wrap up the show. Uh, I have Jalen Hurts and Love. Who do I start this week? Jalen Hurts, yeah, always. I don't know. We had that question about should you ever be starting Cousins over Mahomes. I don't know if you're ever starting anybody over Jalen Hurts. He is a guaranteed touchdown in some fashion, whether he's thrown it out to his great receivers or the goal line. He, it's the Eagles will always, always, always convert on a fourth and short or a fourth and goal or any down and goal situation. They are unstoppable in that circumstance. Always Jalen Hurts on a starting position. The tush push, right? <laughs> yeah, unstoppable. <laughs> That's what they call it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think Jalen Hurts, the, the receiving core that he has, the offensive guru at coach, I, I, Shane Steichen, I, I like that one for sure. Uh <laughs> Uh, lots to get to. Would you would like to see you guys at Fort Saskatchewan Brewhouse again in November so I can go? Currently combining. That comes in from Braden. Um, yeah, I mean. 
we we maybe one night we'll just show up at Fort Sask in November on like a a Sunday night. I've been known to roll in there just on a, a random night. So, uh, Braden, let me know. Send me a send me a tweet whenever you're ready to go. And I uh, I appreciate you out there putting the work and getting the crop off. Uh, you know, maybe you can send out a. I know you probably want to get done, but a little prayer for some really minor beer clouds here this afternoon, and uh, can maybe jot, jot your way in for a, a nice Thursday night off. Aaron in Hannah says, hey, guys, I have a big par laydown. We need both teams to score 10. Vikings, Chargers, lock it in. Browns, Titans, yeah. Falcons, Lions, yeah. Dolphins, Browns, Broncos, yeah. Yeah. Letting the rent ride. Thoughts? Well, pay rent. That's <laughs> Always a, gamble responsibly. Yeah, that's it, man. Be responsible. Don't don't bet more than you can afford to lose. But I, I like all those teams to score the over. Chargers, Vikings might do that in the first seven minutes of the game. Uh, Dolphins, if they don't score 10, something's wrong. Falcons, even even the Falcons, like they might run their way to do it. It might take them three quarters, but they should find a way to score a 10. So, yeah, I don't mind that, Aaron, but don't bet rent. Be, be responsible. The Broncos are the only team that make me nervous there. <laughs> they, uh, they suck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Russ, he's just got to hit, uh, what's his name? Mims. Right, there we go. go. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Turn it around. Win, win. Okay, big thank you to uh, all of you for texting in. If we missed your text, we apologize. This show goes by way too fast. We'll get it tomorrow. Text it in again. Big thank you to Matt Larkin from Daily Faceoff for joining us. Uh, Up next, it is the lowdown with Low Tide. But first, let's get to an update. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. I'm Connor Halley. He is Brandon Douglas. Have a great day, everyone.